The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. Hello and welcome to another episode of Climate Matters. And it's a really special episode because this is the 100th radio episode of Climate Matters. I'm Lindsay Wood, I'm the Director of Climate Strategy Company Resilience Limited and Climate Matters is brought to you by Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access radio station. Fresh FM broadcasts in Blenheim on 88.9, to Eastern Golden Bay on 95.0, to the Nelson CBD on 107.2, and across the Nelson-Tasman region on 104.8. It's also streamed to the planet on freshfm.net, and podcasts of Climate Matters and of other locally produced shows are available through freshfm.net and through the accessmedia.nz app. Well, as I said, this is actually episode number 100, and uh, I'm amazed that we've got up to that number and still going strong, so I do hope that you're enjoying it. Anyway, this time we're going back into the archives. We're going back to Climate Matters number 26, which came out in July 2019, and that came out at the end of the consultation for the Zero Carbon Act. Um, The topics that we were looking at were big batteries. Are they boon or bane for lithium? An interesting thing on the relationship between climate and countries' constitutions, and then here's a bit of a mouthful or alliteration, is Mars manoeuvring to monopolize a miracle Mexican maze? That's Mars of Mars Bars fame, and we'll talk more about that. The next one, are humans more like hares or rabbits? And that's to do with self-limiting populations. And then there's a bit on a pioneering voyage of a hydrogen-powered boat. So a good old variety we've got there. And uh, I think it's time that we just got into it and see what we've got there. So here we go on Climate Matters number 26 from the 19th of July 2019. And the start was for the consultation for the Zero Carbon Bill has closed. But mid-July is still zero carbon rush hour. There were two IPCC reports due just to the Zero Carbon Amendment Bill closed, sorry, ICCC, and then overlapping both and running just 10 days more is a call for names for the Climate Change Commission. Given that the Zero Carbon Act Bill, have I got that right? Given that the Zero Carbon Act interlocks with both the others, It's hard to see the advantage of such congestion, even if we do want to keep the process moving. Now, I better go back. The ICCC, I stumbled over that. That is the Interim Climate Change Committee, which was set up ahead of the Climate Change Commission, as we now know it. They were tasked to do a couple of particular things while the rest of the legislation was going through. So the reports that they were furnishing, one was on agricultural gases, methane and nitrous oxide and so on. We know they're contentious. The other was the challenge of getting to a a truly zero carbon electricity generation system. I'm not going to go into the details there, but that's what they were reporting on just three years ago. 
Um, the, the call for names for members of the Climate Change Commission, I thought it was a bit of a strange process, actually. They, it, was, it was very little advertised. It was, um, I even nominated two people and then was told that they had to nominate themselves. So I'm not quite sure how that came about. One of the people I nominated, I'm very pleased to say, ended up on the commission. I'm not going to mention names, but that's a, a satisfactory outcome in my view. So anyway, uh, there's also a picture there that I will come to when I'm talking about the Mars bar thing. It's a picture of a strange bit of plant with like a gel dripping off the end of, of these sort of tentacles that are hanging down. I will, it'll make more sense when I come to the item and then I'll refer back to that diagram. So here we go, big batteries, boon or bane. Let's give ourselves options besides pinning huge faith in lithium batteries to electrify our vehicle fleet. Little old New Zealand is a long way down the global pecking order when the going gets tough. Geologist Sean Barker reported global bottlenecks in stainless steel for wind turbines, for example. The EU's 2018 report on raw materials for battery applications, and I'll give the link to that on the website, it, it cautions that China is stepping up its pursuit of control of the lithium supply chain. That's in addition to a lot on Chinese soil itself. Given the rest of the world is scrambling for lithium too, let's get serious about hydrogen. I've got other things to say about hydrogen since then. I've learned other downsides. Better public transport, definitely. Medium density housing, definitely. And the, there are a couple of maps in there of one of the major areas in Bolivia, which is a, a key source of um, lithium, and it shows the massive expansion of the extraction of lithium from large salt flats high in the mountains of Bolivia. Out of interest, there's also very recently been information released about the, um, the different countries that have different controls over all the metals needed for electrical technology. I can't go into it now, but it was a, a bit salutary when you see who's, who can possibly uh, control what we get out of that system. Okay, a brief alignment of constitutional stars. This won't take very long, but there are four of them, in, three of them, sorry. July, in 1st of July, Sir Geoffrey Palmer from Nelson. He's saying the New Zealand central government over-controls local government. He'd, he's written, I mean, he's a constitutional lawyer and an ex-prime minister and uh, also has written books on constitution, so he knows what he's talking about. The day after, on the 2nd of July, Jerry Brown was talking on Radio New Zealand about California's environmental success is in spite of the government. So similar messages coming from different sides of the coin there. And then also on the 2nd of July, the Titauiho Intergenerational Strategy to Punopono. We've talked about that before. And it spans Nelson, Tasman, Marlborough and the councils in those areas. New Zealand needs laws for empowering our regions to make more rapid progress on climate. So there are in, in two days, three important um, reports all pointing to the need to get moving and for council to get out, uh, sorry, central government to get out the way a bit. I think I might have had a quote as the first one from energy economist Tim Morgan from Surplus Energy Economics. I have quoted him quite a lot. I think he's a, a remarkable analyst. 
Here's a, a quote from him. The widespread assumption that environmental and economic objectives are opposed and that tackling environmental imperatives will have an economic cost is a wholly false dichotomy. And we gave a link to the surplus energy blog number 153 out of interest. Yesterday he published number 250 and they're substantial blogs. So um, the link will be there for those that want to. I just let you know that it's, it's, he's not the easiest of reading. He's pretty full on with his discussion and so on. But if you like to get into that sort of thing, then that's good. Okay, here's one that I think if I was doing it now, I'd say from the Can You Believe It files. Is Mars, of Mars bar fame, maneuvering to monopolize miracle Mexican maze? Yale Environment 360 reports, reports astonishing self-fertilizing maze with aerial roots fixing nitrogen from the air. Plants grow up to six meters, even in poor soil. And what happens, I mentioned the photo before, it's a picture of the tendrils on this plant dripping the nitrogen-rich gel that have actually been extracted from the air. So this is a way, we all know we put nitrogen around the base of trees and plants and so on to help them especially grow leaves. And this is a plant that actually extracts it from the air itself. And the point about that is that's why it says it grows well on poor soils, because it doesn't need all that nutrient from the soils. So no need for nitrogenous fertilizer. That shouldn't be a trade secret. What that is, is commenting that Mars Bars is trying to patent and secure the rights to that maze so they can monopolize it. And I'm busy saying that that's too important for so many reasons and too natural that they shouldn't be allowed to monopolize it and patent it. Okay, are humans more like hares or like rabbits? And on Radio New Zealand, acclaimed New Zealand ecologist John Flux told New Zealand listeners how domesticated animals lose self-regulation of their population. That's interesting. Hares self-regulate at about six hares per hectare. Rabbits, which were domesticated in medieval times, are still breeding at 600 rabbits per hectare. When we think about it, Singapore has 80 people per hectare, Nelson and Richmond around 13. What's the message? The message is rabbits and humans exhaust their environment, but hares don't. Maybe there's a little salutary thing in there that about we need to become more consciously self-regulating, maybe. Now, I mentioned there was a thing on a hydrogen-powered boat, so let's have a little look at that. Pioneering emissions hydrogen voyage of the energy observer. The research catamaran is about halfway through the Odyssey, as they call it, which is an experimental voyage, and it's sailed 24,000 kilometers of emissions-free sailing with hybrid ocean wing sails and hydrogen from seawater. So it's got a system where it, it generates its own energy from I imagine these sails and electricity, and then it can extracts hydrogen from seawater. Um, some of you will know that hydrogen, the, the most environmentally friendly way to get that is to use low emissions electricity, in other words, renewable electricity, and el what they call electrolyzed water. That is, you put an electric current 
through water. Water, of course, is H2O, and the electric current breaks it down into the hydrogen H2 and the oxygen. And if you can catch the hydrogen, then you get the, the hydrogen out of that. And that's actually what is the, the process that's being strongly advocated and is generally referred to as green hydrogen, though we have to be a bit careful about that because it depends very much on how clean the electricity is that's being used to extract the hydrogen. So on that note, it's time to look for a hotter tip for a cool planet. And this one is quite challenging, but very realistic in terms of the, the targets we've got to meet. Drop your holiday travel 10% every year. That's year on year. So 10% off next year, 10% less the year after. So that could be traveling closer to home for holidays, or it could be traveling lighter biking instead of driving, or it could be traveling less often. Um, several options, and you might think of others, but the point there is that that's the scale of emissions we have to reduce, and that amounts to 50% emissions reduction by year seven, which is a bit ahead of the zero carbon acts um, curve that they're predicting for that. On that note, I think we've pretty well got to the end. Oh, no, we haven't, actually, because last week I forgot something. I gave you the brain teaser, what is the meaning of the word paltering and what's its significance for climate? And I clean forgot to give you the answer. So I'm going to give you the answer now. Paltering is the selective use of true things to create a false impression. The selective use of true things to create a false impression. Why is it important for climate? Because it's a ploy that a lot of climate deniers use and a lot of um, irresponsible corporations, let's put it that way, to try and deflect attention from what they're doing or make out that it's better than it is. So a sort of thing that they might say, for example, is, oh, well, the climate is always changing. And of course, that's true, but the, it completely glosses over the fact that it's claiming it's changing spectacularly fast, exactly in concert with all the emissions that humankind is emitting. So on that note, and I'm sorry to miss that from you last week, I'm going to bid you farewell, and I'm going to thank you for joining me for this, the 100th episode of Climate Matters. I do hope I have your company again next week. And as always, of course, kia kaha for the climate. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM, the top of the South's community access media station, with support from New Zealand On Air. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.